Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Michelle Brown, who is a chief operating officer at Pinsight, uh, one of the leading, uh, most sophisticated platforms for leadership assessments and development uh, that delivers a lot of great leadership essentials uh, for organizations that want to make sure they've got really their top talent uh, in uh, in the organization. The reason I've got Michelle here, she was probably one of the most influential thinkers around safety leadership uh, that I've come across over the years in terms of what she's pushed thinking, how she's influenced a lot of leaders. And I wanted to have a conversation with Michelle around leadership and, and the role of leaders in shaping safety and safety culture. So Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Eric. It's it's absolutely delightful to be back talking with you and about a topic I have so much passion for. So so tell me a little bit about that passion, because you, you got into the safety space a long time ago, uh, touched a lot of leaders across that journey. Tell me about your passion for leaders and for safety. You know, it's a bit of a funny path and probably not a linear one. And my first career was as a clinical psychologist. I was working in healthcare settings. I was working with mostly children and families and certainly nothing to do with safety at that point. But what became really clear for me is that incredible relationship, that dynamic between a parent and child is you know, incredibly transformative. Things that the parents do, they say, uh, the way they act has a huge um, um, impact on how children behave and grow and develop and think and feel and over the course of my career in clinical psychology I had the chance to transition into working in workplaces bringing a lot of the same fundamentals of psychology and decision making uh, and uh, relationship dynamics uh, and I just sort of landed if you will um, in working with safety and what I thought was sort of a you know not a hugely tight connection in the beginning was an 11 year um, incredible career working with some extraordinary organizations some absolutely inspiring leaders uh, and you know had the opportunity to blend that passion for psychology uh, with my uh, absolute fascination in the, the leadership and team member dynamic that that's phenomenal so so you've you've worked with a lot of leaders globally um, seen some some phenomenal safety leaders what are some of the key themes that were consistently visible across all those amazing leaders? Mm. You know, the amazing ones, the ones that stand out, the ones that I would sort of leave a day of work with and just think, wow, you know, they really get it. You know, I think the thing that I observed with leaders that could have a really incredible impact, that could really you know, shape a culture that could really move people to think differently and feel differently and behave differently. I mean, these are the leaders that were incredibly, I'm going to say self-aware. You know, when I say mm. you know, they, they got it, but they, they really understood that their role mattered, that mm. it wasn't just that they had a position of authority or they were the boss, 
but I think they really kind of got the awesome power and responsibility of being in a position of leadership and they took it very seriously you know they uh, had a colleague that I used to work with that would tell leaders you know that the good news is is that you have more power than you think and the bad right. news is that you have more power than you think <laughs> and I think it's the leaders that were really incredible for me to watch work were the ones that really understood that power and the responsibility for people and their safety that's that's amazing. So so were there any other themes like one of the parts that that I, I've noticed and I know we've talked about this before is the importance of there's a desire to leave a legacy. There's a desire to do something with that 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 power, that ability that I've got to shape other people's lives with. Um, was there something there as well? Yeah, we, we often you know would come together and. You know, when we work together and talk about those leaders that were really, we just had such optimism for their journey and their ability to create change, often because they would start at the core of people. You know, I have, you know, I can list off some extraordinary leaders that I've had the ability to sort of sit with and work with and support. Um, and it's, they always talked about their love of people that they, they really understood that that safety, that, that people's ability to work, you know, to go to work, to do good work, to feel productive, feel engaged, and to be harm-free at the end of it was really starting at their desk. That that you know, safety leadership and safety management was very rarely done with a pen or a policy, but it was their words and their actions. And, you know, when they got that. And they could really understand that their words and actions were going to make a big difference. You know, many of them really wanted to harness that power. They wanted to do good with that power. And hmm. some of those leaders were coming from positions where they really had been confronted with either a terrible workplace event or they saw the tears in children's and, and spouses' eyes when they had to tell a spouse that, that, you know, someone either wasn't coming home from work or they were critically maimed, that they felt that serious impact of their actions. And I, I had often called them legacy leaders, that they were really hmm. conscious of wanting to leave that legacy and, and do good um, and, and make the company better and safer um, through their leadership. Interesting. And so the, the, the ultimate question is, can that leader be made or is that somebody who's who comes that way? So can, can you harness some of those those skills and those capabilities in a leader uh, or are you better off finding somebody if, that you're recruiting for that skill set? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, you know, this is at the heart of, I think, most organizations struggle when they're trying to create change in safety culture and safety outcomes is, you know, who takes the lead on doing this? Where are those uh, leaders, not managers, I use that term deliberately, and how do we, you know, build them and craft them? And I, I kind of have a bit of a theory about the effectiveness of safety leaders, that it's sort of a, you know, if you it's sort of an equation that the effectiveness of safety leadership is that that passion and that why multiplied by the skill and so I think you have to have 
both to be most effective. I think some of the most effective leaders have really got that clear why, um, clear in their head. They understand the awesome power and responsibility of their words and actions. They have a deep passion to do well for people. Uh, they have a deep passion to never have to bring news to a family. Um, they have a, a deep desire to make people's lives better and they know that they, they can do that with leadership. So I think that's part of the equation. The other part of the equation is absolutely skill, that leadership skills like riding a bike, learning a language, learning a musical instrument is a set of skills, things that we can all learn with focus and practice. I think the big difference is, is that if you don't have a driving why and a deep desire to be good and to be an effective leader, you're probably less likely to invest in developing those skills. But I, sure. cer I certainly can be effective if I've really, you know, focused on developing the skills, but that there's the multiplying effect of that passion and desire as well. Mm, interesting. Uh, so the, the other element you've, you've often talked about is this concept of transformational leadership. Mm. Um, can you, can you talk a little bit more about what that is in the safety context? Yeah, I think that this is where this notion of skills really comes to the fore. And the, the debate I've had so often with organizations when thinking about, you know, they have a desire to create change in safety. They're unhappy, unhappy with their lost time injuries. They're disappointed with the, uh, the number of people that are getting hurt or harmed in their workplace. And, you know, they want to, at first, bring in more rules you know they want to manage safety or they want to manage injuries or they want to manage risk and they first want to do that through policies and consequences and harm and training and telling and you know their desire is to manage it right like that's right. kind of where a lot of people start but then that'll get you a little bit of the way but not all the way into a sustainably strong self-sustaining um, strong and positive safety culture. And, and I think this is why, you know, my background in working with families and that sort of dyad between parent and child was a natural blend for me to be jumping into safety leadership because the what I think those, you know, leaders struggle to contend with is that relationship between the leader and the team members, that dyad in itself is also transformative. There's a wide array of literature out there that says, you know, that parent-child relationship, that dynamic in itself is, you know, is transformative for both the parent and the child, the way they interact, talk and behave with one another. But the same is true for leaders and team members. You know, next to our parents' relationship, the relationship I have with my managers and my leaders is probably the second most important relationship and transformative relationship sure. we ever have in our life. And I think we all have a story or two about, you know, a, a bad boss, but also a great boss that helped us with our esteem, that we, um, you know, we opened up our opportunities, we grew new skills, we developed empathy, we, you know, we, we grew as humans um, inside the, you know, the leader member, the boss subordinate uh, relationship. And, 
And so if we want people to grow and make great choices and to manage risks and to speak up when they're unsure, you know, all the behaviors that we want uh, team members to employ, you know, those behaviors come out of, you know, safe and productive and trusting relationships with with leaders. And I think, you know, that's that's kind of when I come back to the the notion that legacy leaders, those leaders that really get the awesome uh, power that exists in that that dyad, mm-hmm. they're the ones that want to harness that. They're the ones that are paying attention. That sure, you can't manage safety just with a handful of policies that you pop in a binder and hope people read and follow. It's not how it's done. It's done through leading. And if I can deviate just for a moment here, I I think that the current circumstance for for whenever folks are listening to this session today, we're talking about um, a time in the middle of the global pandemic where hundreds of thousands of people have lost their lives. And and I think while the debate has been, this has been a pandemic about science, I think that this is a pandemic about leadership. Sure. That that I think we felt the impact of leadership. You know how leaders message, how, what they message about, how they communicate, what they role model, mm-hmm. what they pay attention to, what they ignore, what they measure, what they don't. This, I think, for all of us, we're seeing. You know the the impact of leadership in how it transforms our perceptions, our decisions, our choices, our feelings. You know what we do in our lives and in our backyards, and you know in our in our decisions is impacted by leaders, and the health outcomes follow. This yeah. is sort of a, a meta study for what goes on with safety inside organizations, what leaders talk about, what they don't talk about, how they talk about it, what they pay attention to, what they measure, what they role model. Mm. These are the transformative elements of safety leadership. And in the leadership literature, we call these transformational leadership behaviors, transformational safety leadership behaviors, because they are the things that transform other people's actions with that people can really change the way that their team members and their organization think about things feel about things Mm -hmm. and then behave and the choices they make interesting and when you bring up the pandemic it brings up two two thoughts to mind one of them is a number of leaders i've spoken to uh, who, who talked about how in the span of six months they did more impact or they had more impact more positive impact in terms of their safety culture than they could have probably imagined in six years because they had to demonstrate active care they did all the right things versus others who threw their hands in the air and thinking oh this is all happening to me Uh, and the other piece was really interesting i was reviewing some work uh, with one organization and what was really interesting is despite the pandemic uh, those leaders who spent a lot of time on the floor, connecting with team members, interacting with them. Those who previously spent a lot of time continue to find ways to spend a lot of time connecting with their team members. But it was the interesting piece is those who spent less than 40% of the time doing it, that dropped. They, they found excuses to not be able to do it. It's mm. a choice that you're making. Mm. I think that you've said it right there is the choice you're making about where you invest your time as a leader and 
uh, I think that there is some uh, interesting, um, you know, other research similar to what you're saying that, you know, you know, great leaders produce great outcomes. Poor leaders that don't do a lot of this investment in these these skills of transformational leadership have you know, poor safety outcomes. But even mediocre kind of wishy-washy leaders that sort of dabble in a little bit of safety leadership, but not consistently or very frequently. Mm-hmm. They don't have mediocre outcomes. They also have poor outcomes because people find them inconsistent and ingenuine with their uh, with their behaviors. And um, I, I think this, uh, uh, talking with some other colleagues in this space uh, recently, where they've said, you know, this pandemic has been a, a a real macrocosm, if you will, of of how much leadership influences health and safety outcomes. That this is not a medical crisis. This is a a leadership issue, and um, yeah, it's a it's a. I think Excellent. we can all study this one from a. <laughs> how do you make change in in safety performance? You pay attention to to the uh, the leaders that have got it right here in uh, around the world in in leading through this pandemic. Absolutely. So so what are some of the things that leaders can do to become better safety leaders if they they want to take action? They, they they want to make a difference. What what are some of the things that you've seen really work in that space? Yeah, I think the first thing is if leaders, I think, should do a little self-reflection on why they want to do this. And, and this comes back to this notion of those leaders who have consistently through their career really worked hard and struggled through, even when it's tough, um, to get in touch with building a legacy and having a positive impact on people. And so I think it's it can be a useful exercise for leaders to tap into a why for safety yeah. leadership. Why do I want to do this? And obviously, I'm going to say that motivations like bonuses and um, <laughs> you know, avoiding getting fired probably are not going to be massively sustainable for you. But it, it should sort of you know tap something meaningful for you. You know, sure. me, for me personally, I when I, I started working in safety leadership, it was because I saw a, an ad in the newspaper back in the day when ads were jobs were <laughs> jobs were in the newspaper. And it said, you know, do you, you know, do you want to travel the world while you're changing it? And I thought, yes, I want to change the world. I want to have an impact on people. Right. I have this, you know, I, I wanted to finish every day seeing someone have an aha moment and, uh, or, you know, hearing the stories of people saying, you know, that story you told or that research you did, or that thing that you mentioned really made a difference for me. And, um, and I always thought, you know, if, if I can change the trajectory of someone by 1%, you know, you know, in, in terms of vectors, that can be a big difference um, down the line. So I think leaders should probably start with getting in touch with their why. Why is safety leadership important for them? How does it align with their personal values and what they want to bring to the world? So I think that's a starting point. I think it's a phenomenal starting point, and and I've certainly done it with a lot of leaders. And it it just struck me that everybody who was good at this always had an incredibly easy why to to surface. Um, There was always some motivation. Sometimes it was around servant leadership attributes. It was around a great uh, father or mother that had this, this lasting legacy. Or like you said, it was somebody got injured in the traumatic event and they would never wanted to see that again and they realized the role they had as a leader. 
Absolutely. Do you, in your experience, Eric, do you think that that is is also required? Do you think that that is a, a foundation piece to effective safety leadership with the leaders you've worked with? I I personally have not found a leader that didn't have a strong why that was able to communicate generally their desire. Um, in theory, I, I'm not sure if you could fake it like an actor or learn a script. Uh, and create your why, but uh, I, I think the, the problem is you wouldn't have the passion behind it. You may be able to to have the the words in in your messages, but you wouldn't be able to to truly have the drive behind your actions because it's it's unique. The, the leaders I've seen that have this why, it's incredibly powerful, and they can relive it. Like there was one there was one CEO I was talking to, and and his why had to do with when he was an early supervisor in his career and somebody had passed away on his shift and he could relive it moment by moment, the drive. And it was the longest drive of his life to go see uh, that super, that, that, that person's, that employee's uh, wife. And then he can recount 20, 30 years later, walking down the path and then uh, his wife coming, running towards him, thinking that he had arrived for their, um, to, to congratulate them on their newborn. Um, but instead, he was there to deliver a horrible message that the husband was never coming back. So that ingrained in him and he could relive that moment basically step by step like a movie. Mm. And he could communicate with such passion and it shaped all his actions. But the thing is, you can't make that up unless you're Hollywood. But the problem is you still need the drive to take action to do something with it, which you can't script. Mm. I think that's I think it's a, a really good point about not being able to script it and and I, I think it's when you are really operating from that position of personal values and personal mission and legacy that it sort of fuels you consistently that you're not sort of a fair weather safety leader of you know I only show up to the safety meetings at you know the safety <laughs> stand down at a, you know after an event or you know I'm only kind of vocal about it on safety week or you know I, I think that it's the consistency of folks that have really tapped their why that keeps them going and and keeps them faithful even when maybe it's not a good run or there's been an injury and you know they're not going to throw in the towel and say well this isn't working this is a journey it's like safety is like health you don't just jump on the treadmill once a year and say well that's it i'm good i'm healthy now you don't eat one salad and sort of the race is run on your health it's a daily activity of um activities and you know i think it's important for the safety leaders that are listening into this instance is you know you don't have to be confronted with a traumatic event to find a why you know i think there are plenty of leaders that have unfortunately walked through those fires metaphorical (laughs) and literal um and have come out with a deep understanding and a deep desire to never do that again you know their desires and their values is to never repeat um that that situation Mm -hmm. but there's also leaders there that also have a tremendous amount of fuel and passion because of the opportunity they they want to harness that it isn't that they're trying to avoid an injury they're also really invested in saying you know like great safety leadership also has you know some remarkable byproducts that you know there's the spillover of great safety leadership is you know employees tend to perform better and they are more productive and their quality of work is higher and their well-being is better they're more engaged they stay in their roles longer you know that 
you know, all of those sort of business outcomes aside, but you know, people are happier and do better work sure. and they're greater. And that's great for our, you know, our communities and our workplaces and our society at large. And leaders just with their words and actions can, can do that. So can make a huge I, yeah. absolutely. So I, I think that's the first thing that, that leaders who want to do this well, you can really sit with is to get in touch with their own why. Why does um, safety matter to me? Uh, why does my um, safety matter to my team? And, and and what does it mean in alignment of values? So I think that's the that's the first journey for leaders to start to to walk. Yeah, I, I would completely echo that. I think it's a it's a personal reflection. Like you said, it doesn't need to be a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be just a deep desire to make the world a better place to, to change people's lives whatever that drive is but there's got to be something uh that's there a- any other thoughts in terms of leaders in terms of once they've got defined their why mm. and they're clear on it what what would be the next step then i think it's a process of looking at the 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 skill the things you could do you know like the the yeah. actions one can take you know the the, the why and the purpose is is really going to be the fuel, uh, you know, the, the energy. Um, and then the actions are what turns that energy into a, an impact, right? You know, it's sort of, sure. you know, vector and thrust, if you will. Like, you know, like you got to do something with that, that passion. Um, and I think your story about even just being observant of how much time you are spending with your employees. You know, it's very difficult to have an impact on them if you never see them, never talk to them. And don't re- really, right. you know, like well, I sent a great email and I, I hope that really changed the world. It doesn't get done like that. It's you right. know, leadership impact happens, you know, human to human, not email to email or not, yeah. you know, speech to audience. It's it's a very human interaction and so requires an investment of time. And so from a really very practical level, like check your calendar every week, like yeah. be conscious of how much leading opportunities that you have and they can sneak up on you. Like a leading opportunity can be in a, in a meeting. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's opportunity to role model there, to say some you know impactful things there, to um, show care. You know, you might just be um, in a meeting, but that's an opportunity for safety leadership. You might be doing some task reviews. Well, there's great opportunities there. So check your calendar and how much time are you putting aside for um, investing in safety leadership and being cognizant of how you want to show up to each of those opportunities. So you're actively planning uh, your behaviours ahead ahead of time and rather than getting sort of caught short at the end of the week and thinking oh golly I've got to go and do a quick safety walk hand out a couple of like safety pats on the back and then I'm done you know it's Friday right. at 4 30 best go and do a you know a quick take five out there and then I can tick off my safety leadership activities for it's <laughs> not probably not not going to get it done so um I think be intentional uh with yep. the time and then I think you know, it's as easy as really looking at the the transformational uh, leadership skills, and you know, I keep coming back to that one because it's a it's a great model for redirecting leaders' attention away from the tasks that really do feel like uh, our our responsibilities. You know, checklists, schedules, budgets. You know, all the you know the management of projects and productivity, hmm. but. Tr- transformational leadership really says you know you have an impact by just doing something like role modeling 
Just yeah. just being the person that wears their PPE consistently, just by mm. being the person that wears their mask consistently, by being the person that you know does a range of things. You know, it's plenty of um, stories when I was in the field with so many employees, and they could say you know, a lot of things about their safety leaders just by watching them. You know, when I'd say, you know, describe the safety leadership around here, so many of them were full of stories of, you know, this person spoke at a meeting about safety, but then I saw them blow the stop line, at, you know, <laughs> stop line at, you know, as they were leaving Speeding the through. <laughs> Speeding through the stop sign, leaving the office. And so everything they say is BS. I, you know, the, it, it, being consistent with your words and actions, that's, really can make a huge difference and um so just role modeling those behaviors that you would want for people even above and beyond and even when nobody's watching even on the weekend when you're crossing a crosswalk, making it part of who you are um is pretty important so role modeling is i think really key it's people see the actions of of leaders and if they're not aligned with their words it can really tip over quite quickly it's an interesting comment you make because in conversation recently, I was talking to somebody who had interacted with a leader that had worked with the late Paul O'Neill when Alcoa was going through his great transformation in terms of, of safety and safety culture. And the, the part that struck me is one of the stories of that person. I haven't met this person uh, personally, but it was, so it's, it's secondhand knowledge. But one of the, the stories that was shared that was the most impactful to them that Polonia was real, that safety was real for him, is they had had early on in his career, apparently there was a fatality at the site. And a CEO, he pulled everything out of his calendar and he was there not to yell at people, not to be angry, but to learn how do we fail. Um, he was asking people to understand how we're failing, really role modeling the learning organization. But what's interesting is we're probably talking now 20, 20 25 years ago, and that's the story that stuck to that person's mind. It's it's how they prioritize that safety was real to them. And as a CEO of a huge company, I'm willing to put everything to put my mind where where it matters. Mm, absolutely. I, you know, I think that you know, folks that have had the opportunity to work alongside or around great safety leaders are, have those real, you know, stories about those moments that matter when you know, those leaders made a tough choice in the instance, uh, you know, when it, they didn't sort of follow the traditional path of how things might get managed, but they're, they're prepared to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and to hear uncomfortable things and to have uncomfortable conversations in the effort to get better, to acknowledge that this isn't a journey. It's not a race we're going to win. You know, we never get to declare victory over safety. Uh, so we have to continue to be, vigilant about it and um and be tough about it and to to examine ourselves and be rigorous and get uncomfortable and uh and and i think yeah i think for those people that have had the opportunity to work alongside of you know great leaders like paul o'neill will we'll certainly have a, a boatloads of those those great stories uh, great and, and i'd love to to hear finally in terms of, of communicating how how do those leaders Communicate. Is there a common theme around how they communicate the stories they share, um, the, the, the insights they share with their groups? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think this is a lovely one to, to think about, you know, being that we're chatting in a podcast here, that, you know, a fundamental form of human communication, the way that we transmit knowledge and meaning, more importantly, how we transmit meaning to one another, is through great storytelling skills that, you know, I, I can think of very few <laughs> you know, PowerPoint <laughs> presentations that have really struck me, you know. I'm not going to be on my deathbed telling my grandkids about an extraordinary spreadsheet that really was <laughs> compelling like you know we don't have those kind of experiences but you know humans communicate with one another when they're mindful that they're communicating with other humans and how human mm. brains work that we are inherently social human to human beings that we are uh, people that care about being safe and care about meaning and purpose and that we are filled with a range of needs and desires and complexities and uh, I guess you know that when people communicate with the idea first of all in mind that they're communicating with other people other humans and so I think, you know, one thing that great safety leaders can work on is their, I'm going to, you know, say communication skills, but sort of more their storytelling skills, sure. their, the way they craft a narrative, the way they, they build a, a, you know, a message that has impact, a message that can land for individuals. You know, I think um, there's some some great people that have you know distilled this into some to some you know easy dot points. I'm thinking of Simon Sinek's Golden yeah. Circle. He says, you know, when you're trying to tell people about you know what it is you're trying to tell them, start with why, and mm. not necessarily the why for you, but the why for them. You know, right. Why might why might someone want to listen to this thing that I'm talking to them about and you know what should they remember that's important and what should they do with this information so, so it's important to them you know I, I think often where leaders can go wrong is that they believe that their job is to sort of be the voiceover track to a corporate message you know they're the voiceover to a spreadsheet or they're a, you know they're just adding a couple of additional words to a document you know that that they don't really understand the, again, the awesome power that they have within them mm. to change people's minds about things. That with a good message, a good story, people can say, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. Or, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do something different today. Or, oh, yeah, sure. I think I'm going to take a different approach to that. And and so I think the, the ability for leaders to be really thoughtful on how they communicate, the message they want to communicate, but to just really hold this idea in mind that that humans communicate through stories, rarely through graphs or stats or, <laughs> you know, corporate words and, you know, PowerPoint presentations that, you know, things that we've relied on right. uh, to make it look like we're getting the job done. But at the end of the day, that's that's good management work. But leading work is when the message that I have sent is landed for someone. They're nodding their head. We've had a connection. We're meeting the minds. We have a, a shared idea about an experience and there's an emotional reaction where someone's little synapses in their brain have connected together and they walk away a little bit different, like quite, quite literally. 
that they are a little bit different because of the message that they've uh, that they've received. Uh, I, I think that that's you know, really where leaders can some craft some some incredible power. I, I love that message because the the power of stories is so so important. I think it also links back to the why. Uh, if you're if you've got a strong why and you can articulate it and it's a story, uh, or even if there's a few different stories around it, um, I think it also makes it much more powerful. But how do you make that long lasting? How do you make it beyond that one experience, that one moment? where I had a great story, great example. Um, no disrespect to Tony Robbins, phenomenal speaker, but I, I went to some of the presentation. It, it, it's life-changing. It's amazing. And then you walk away, it's the same thing next day. How do you make that stick? Yeah, I, you know, I am so glad you asked that because I know I've been to plenty of safety conferences and had some great inspirational speakers. And you think, oh, brought me to tears <laughs> three days later what do i do with that and you know in my own leadership practice some of the values we have is about taking care of customers deep customer care sure. you know on a number of levels and so we have a, a cultural practice in at the beginning of every meeting um, about customers we take a couple of minutes to acknowledge to one another um, a moment that we've seen however small or large where we've been demonstrating that value and it. it serves as a moment for some storytelling. You know, I'm not, not presenting like a chart of how this might have improved our NPS. You know, I'm saying, you know, I talked with Kelly and we had this conversation. She said this and I did that and this is what happened. And, you know, so we tell it through story. We get right. a chance at that time to reinforce small behaviors and small attitudes. And, you know, we're not talking about hitting targets and new goals or what have you. We're talking about the, the attitudes that we bring to our interactions and the behaviors that we express. You know, I went above and beyond and did this. Or I, you know, I went and just did this additional layer of research. So it's our chance to, again, sort of notice and pay attention to the types of behaviors that are important that contribute to our ultimate goal. Um, mm -hmm. It's a time where we pat each other on the back and get some social support and active care and check in with one another. Do you need help with that? And well done. What a great example. You know, and what became, you know, what was a bit of <laughs> pulling teeth in the first months, probably even year, maybe even 18 months of, of me doing this, now has become a, a, a habit, a, a habit inside our team and our companies where we tell stories about what's important to us. And that's, I think, turning that leadership passion and those transformational um, activities into organizational habits. And you know, they look small and they can look kind of geeky and kind of funny, but we couldn't have a meeting now. It just feels off if we don't start without moments sure. of storytelling, celebration, pats on the back, sometimes calling out ourselves and tooting our horn of where we did something well, but ultimately living our values and the things that, that are important. So that's, I think, where communication and communicating with impact can become sustain sustainable when it becomes part of your habits, not just this once a year safety meeting. Yeah, I think that's an incredibly powerful story. And I, I think that's also the element of the, the safety moment when you start a meeting in a lot of organizations is you're, you're having those. But what I love is what you're sharing is really about stories, not some random safety moment that, that you just pop through. You're really getting much more into thinking of how did I show up? How did it impact the customer in that instance or uh, so forth? So really checking into your attitudes, your beliefs, your mindsets around safety. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's the and it's the less of the the moment of you know what I've caught someone doing wrong or an issue I have fixed, which I've heard plenty of safety moments where like, well, I saw this problem and I fixed it, and there's some you know great stories there, where opportunities where people have closed the gaps, but these also should be moments of celebration that sure. can we want to sort of pat each other on the back and say, hey, well done, you're part of who we are and what we do and how we do things around here and. Um, but it becomes part of the fabric of the organization then not just a, an event that happens um, and we get we get used to mm-hmm. noticing when we're doing great things paying attention to one another caring from one another rewarding and recognizing people for uh, the great things they do that's uh, a, a great opportunity to start a, a, an upward spiral of safety leadership and, and strong safety culture I think that's really good example. I mean, it's really the the elements of even appreciative inquiry way back into as an organizational change vehicle is all about how do you get those those stories to start surfacing. I think what you're sharing is how do you get into a a daily weekly ritual where you're reflecting and you're and and you can even follow in with with some powerful questions. I think to see how your leader is showing up in a particular way, uh, not in an interrogation, but through stories. So instead of one of the questions I was I often prefer asking is rather rather saying what was your last observation, which is a binary response. You say what have you seen from your last observations? What what concerns you? Where do you think the next potential incident is going to happen? Next injury because it pushes people to actually observe to think. And at first mm-hmm. you might get a blank stare, but eventually people are going to have to do something with what they see. Mm, absolutely, I love that idea of being thoughtful about the questions that we're asking that binary like how many safety observations have you done when was your last ob- who safety cares <laughs> who cares those are just numbers right those are some right. cool things i can put on the spreadsheet for sure but the this is i think the point you're making is leaders have the opportunity with their questions to engage thinking actually engage the neural networks that people have in their brain that you know are in charge of you know decision making and analyzing information and making good decisions and solving problems and and if you get people thinking this is this is the old adage right you know if synapses are firing synapses are wiring the more you're having of those conversations on a repeated basis the more that becomes the the way you are you're inadvertently wiring people's brain for for risk awareness and for safety problem solving and that's just so cool by changing mm-hmm. you know one word of how many safety observations to what were your you know safety observations what did you observe a small change in the way we ask questions what concerns you or, exactly uh, what positive change have you noticed over the last month in your observations uh, I, I think there's there's a quote that somebody shared with me which I think is phenomenal it says what interests my boss fascinates me so if it's interesting to me to ask those questions then it's going to be fascinating for me and then I think that's how you, you cascade your message around safety and safety culture mm, absolutely I think that's that's uh, very very true. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Uh, I I think your passion for for safety leadership and and now passion for leadership in general in terms of how do you get the best talent in an organization, how do you influence how they lead and how they show up is so powerful. Uh, Definitely influenced me in terms of safety leadership and and my thinking around it. So thank you for coming. 
thank you very much, Eric. And it's uh, just such a great joy to be thinking about and talking about such an exciting topic. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy, distinguish yourself from the pack, grow your success, capture the hearts and minds of your teams, fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the Ops Guru, Eric McCroskey.